Hello and welcome to the We'll Preach for Food podcast. I'm Doug. I'm the pastor of Faith Lutheran Church. Faith is a beloved, inclusive community striving to grow closer to and more like Jesus for the sake of the world. You can learn more about faith at our website, www.faithshelton.org. I want to thank you for making this podcast a part of your day. Picture New York City in 1973. A dozen or so hippies walk away from their jobs and offices, kicking off their shoes, dancing and laughing, splashing around in a fountain. The movie is Godspell, and John the Baptist is at the center of it all, singing, Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. He probably does it a little bit better than I do. But about 2,000 years ago, a man named John the Baptist prepared the way for Jesus, the Son of God, the Messiah of the world. John's words and example continue to call new generations to repent, reform, renew their faith in preparation for King Jesus, the Son of God, the Messiah of the world. Today, I want to tell you a little bit more about John the Baptist, his message, his martyrdom, and his relevance for us today. I want to leave you with four ideas about how you can prepare a way for God to be real in your life. And you won't have to eat bugs to do it, unless, of course, you're into that sort of thing. Right now, please turn to the Gospel of Mark, chapter 1, the first verse. You can get study notes and a transcript of this message at our website, again, www.faithshelton.org. But as you turn to Mark, chapter 1, let's begin with a word of prayer. Come, Holy Spirit, open our hearts and our ears to receive your word and prepare the way for Jesus to come into our hearts. Amen. So a reading from Mark, the first chapter, the first verse. This is the beginning of the good news about Jesus the Messiah, the Son of God. As it is written in Isaiah the prophet, I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. And so John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. The whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem went out to him. Confessing their sins, they were baptized by him in the Jordan River. John wore clothing made of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. And this was his message. After me comes the one more powerful than I, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Here ends the reading. So reading the Gospel of Mark, what you'll notice is there aren't any origin stories. Right? Jesus has already grown up when Mark begins his account of Jesus' life. No manger scenes, no angel visits, no shepherds watching their flocks by night, no wise men traveling from afar. All that happened decades earlier. Mark starts by setting the scene at the start of Jesus' ministry in Galilee. And he does this by introducing a key figure known as John the Baptist. Now, there's Ten things you should know about John the Baptist. Most of these are pretty quick. First of all, John the Baptist was the first bona fide, certified, Holy Spirit-filled prophet that Israel had seen in over 400 years. 
Second, he was Jesus' cousin, born just a few months before Jesus. John's dad, Zechariah, was a priest. His mother, Elizabeth, was an aunt or a cousin of Mary, the mother of Jesus. Zechariah and Elizabeth were told by an angel that John would be a prophet of the Most High who would go on before the Lord to prepare the way for him. That's what we learn in Luke chapter 1. Number four, John's fashion sense, that camel's hair jacket and leather accessories. These emulate a famous prophet of old by the name of Elijah. Number five, John ate bugs. Now, given his local ties and his popularity, I suspect that this might have been more of a party trick than a source of nourishment, or maybe he just liked eating bugs. Number six, baptism uh, is a ritual washing with water. And it was being done in those days as a way for faithful Jewish people to symbolize their devotion to God. Baptism was particularly popular with a Jewish group known as the Essenes. Number seven, John attracted himself to disciple, or John himself attracted disciples, some of whom eventually became disciples of Jesus. Jesus actually might have been a disciple of John. Number eight, Jesus always held John in high esteem, spoke well of him, and Jesus grieved openly when he got word of John's death. More about that in a moment. But the last, thing, the last two things that you should know about John the Baptist are that he was a preacher and that he was a martyr. That is, he died for the sake of his faith. So let me tell you a little bit more about John's preaching and about the circumstances of his death. John the Baptist is a preacher. He preaches people into confessing their sins, repenting of their ways, being washed in the cleansing waters of the Jordan River. His central message is for people to get ready for the arrival of God's Messiah, the Savior of Israel, the King of Kings. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Now, this is like a public service announcement, right? It's, it's a message to the whole nation to get ready for a coronation, the arrival of the king. Roll out the red carpet, get out the good china, pull out all the stops. The old Swedish Advent song says, Prepare the royal highway, the king of kings is near. Let every hill and valley a level road appear. Then greet the king of glory, foretold in sacred story, Hosanna to the Lord, for he fulfills God's word. John's message is also a message to clean house. He echoes the prophets of old who called on God's people to do justice, love kindness, walk humbly with God. John's message had a very personal emphasis as well. Repent, confess your sins, and be baptized. The message of John recalls for me the old Boy Scout motto, be prepared. John preaches a life of readiness, a life oriented toward God's redeeming activity in the world. And ultimately, his message is a positive one, a hopeful one. God is near. The redemption of Israel is at hand. God has not forgotten or abandoned God's people. The kingdom of God has come. That same Swedish hymn uh, has in verse 4, His is no earthly kingdom, it comes from heaven above. His rule is peace and freedom and justice, truth and love. So let your praise be sounding for kindness so abounding. Hosanna to the Lord for he fulfills God's word. 
John's a good preacher, and the people listen. They're moved by his words. They're cut to the heart. Many are baptized, including Jesus. But the best preachers tend to get themselves in trouble because they tell the truth to power, and powerful people don't like to be told the truth. And in this case, telling the truth gets John killed. Now, the king in Israel in those days was a guy named Herod. This is the son of King Herod the Great, who ruled when John and Jesus were babies in the stories that we read about at the birth of Jesus. So Herod the Great's son, Herod, is popular with most of the religious leaders. He supports their causes. He says all the right things about religion. But behind closed doors, Herod is having a not-so-secret fling with his brother's wife, a woman with the unfortunate name of Herodias. Most of the religious leaders in that day let it slide, looked the other way. But John calls King Herod out. He confronts the king directly. Your affair with Herodias is a sin. Repent, confess your sin, and be baptized. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Now, as the Gospel of Mark tells the story in chapter 6, the king feels threatened by the force of John's character and integrity. The king can't afford to have someone like John exposing his immorality, his weakness. So he has John arrested, and eventually he has John killed, literally his head on a platter. Now, I wonder what would happen if someone of the character, force, and integrity of John the Baptist were here today. What would she or he say to our current national leaders? Powerful people don't like to be told the truth. Someone like John the Baptist today would probably get themselves arrested and killed. Honestly, it makes me wonder if I'm really doing my job. So John the Baptist is a prophet, a mentor, a reformer, a preacher, and a martyr. How does the example and message of John the Baptist shape our identity and mission today as the people of God at Faith Lutheran Church? I offer four key takeaways. It starts with the reminder, with the good news, that the kingdom of God is at hand. Beloved, this year, if we pay attention to the Gospel of Mark, what we call the season of Advent is not about getting ready for Christmas. It's about getting ready for a full-grown king to come and establish his reign on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus, the Messiah, comes to usher in the kingdom of God, to restore creation, rescue the lost, kick the liars and cheats out of office once and for all, bring justice to the oppressed, banish the, 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 banish the devil, defeat death, set the prisoner free, and rule in everlasting righteousness, innocence, and blessedness. This is most certainly true. This is the good news, and it is for you and for me. And so with the hope and promise of the kingdom of God at hand, the message of John is still relevant for, for us all. Prepare the way of the Lord. As a church, the collective people of God in the world, it's a call for us to put our best foot forward, to recommit to the message of the coming of the king. It's a mandate to work on behalf of and advocate for mercy and justice for the poor, the widow, the orphan, the immigrant. We model leadership and compassion during this pandemic. We lend encouragement to our teachers and healthcare professionals. 
We reach out to our homeless neighbors with compassion and generous hearts. Third, as individuals, the message of John the Baptist cuts to the heart. Repent, he says, confess your sins, be baptized, prepare the way of the Lord. Another scripture passage says it this way, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and you will be lifted up. There's work to be done in our own hearts and lives. Some of us need to finally address our addictions. Some of us have some work to do to reconcile relationships in our families. I've definitely got some anger issues and control issues I need to work through. How about you? Repent, confess your sins, prepare the way of the Lord. And finally, I believe that we're not only to receive John's message, I think it's our job, the church, all of us, to be a John the Baptist, to emulate him and carry on his message and message, or mission and message, to open ourselves to being led by the Holy Spirit, to dedicate our lives to pointing the world to Jesus, to be fearless, willing to tell the truth, even if it kills us, to love God and love God's people so much that we're willing to die for them. Jesus once said, no greater love is there than to lay down your life for others. Well, that's what Jesus did for you and me. That's what Jesus teaches us to do. And frankly, Jesus first learned this from John the Baptist. You know, as I write this, it sure feels like a tall order. It's too much, too overwhelming. But then I think about the alternative. Folks, are you content? Are you happy with your life? Are you fulfilled? Or do you dream of something more? Do you suspect that there's really more to life? And if you heard about a truth-telling, bug-eating prophet outside of town promising a life of meaning, integrity, and hope, would you maybe check it out for yourself? The movie Godspell begins with the call of John the Baptist to prepare the way of the Lord. It ends with the disciples returning to the city, joyful, dancing, and singing. Only now they are bearing the body of Jesus on their shoulders, like pallbearers holding a coffin. As they dance and sing and carry Jesus, they turn a corner and they're gone. They've disappeared into the crowd, but the music, the message, and the hope continues on. That scene always plays in my mind when I read the words of the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, when he writes, We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. For we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that his life may also be revealed in our mortal body. This, for me, has always been the heart of the message and example of John the Baptist. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's We'll Preach for Food podcast. I'd love to hear back from you. You can contact me or get more information about faith at our website, www.faithshelton.org. I hope you'll subscribe to this podcast, like our Facebook page, subscribe to our YouTube channel, Thank you, people of faith, for your generous financial support for this and the ministries of our church.
Thank you, Chaz and Emily, for your technical assistance with this podcast. Well, that's all I got for you. So as Bob the Tomato would say, God made you special and loves you very much. So God bless you and have a good day.